0: Well hello, boys and girls. This is Cut The Shit Get Fit. I'm your lovely host Rafael Machewski. And this is episode 231. And if you have been following me on Facebook and Instagram, you know that my ebook did not get released. Ugh. on Friday night. I found out that my book couldn't be released because of some stupid interwebs web design thing. So essentially how this works is I have my book uploaded and my web designer put the wrong price for it. It was supposed to be on sale. And he was like, oh, my bad. If we change the price, We have to wait about three to four days for it to get approved through the uh, third-party selling website that I chose to put my book on. And I was like, well, today's my soft release date and I guess it's not happening. So literally everything's done and I'm just waiting for this one website to look at my little file and be like, yep, you're good to go at your sales price, so, technically, I could sell my ebook, and that was one of my things I was thinking about, I'm like, I have a pre-sale list, I should just email every single person, send them an invoice, well, actually, what I was actually thinking is, pre-sale list, email everyone the link, have them buy it, and then I would personally send them the difference, but I was like, that was, it's just going to take too much time, I will just wait. So I apologize for all the listeners that have put their name down for my pre-sale list and haven't received the promised email I've been saying for the last like three months that you will get. But light at the end of the tunnel, you know, I went through my alcoholism phase this weekend. I feel a little bit better. I'm still currently drinking some Crown Royal. So this episode's going to be really good in the sense that I'm optimistic about my book release. I feel like it's meant to be on a different day. And, you know, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Remember that. So, if you were wondering why you didn't receive an email, that's why. Um, So you can only imagine my frustration, but I will not disappoint. So if you have not put your name on the pre-sale list, click the show notes Put your name and email, and you will be the first to receive the book. So, before I get started into this episode, we're going to do some shout-outs. Number one, all out... All out. All the way out in Florida, a town called The Villages. Sounds pretty badass. I should go out and visit sometime in my life. Number two, hopefully I don't screw this up, um... I've been getting a lot of listeners out of Australia, which is super cool. Um, so this town is either called Gerlatan or Gurlatan. One of the two. Someone from Australia, please reach out and tell me that I did not screw that up. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go like top five because I'm getting a lot of people from overseas. So that all the way... Out in the UK, I got a city called St. Ives. Shout out to everyone in the UK listening to my show. And then there's another city on Australia next on the list called Collaroy. And then there's another one from Australia called Campsie. Man, Australia, you got a lot of cool names for cities. I've, God, I need to go to Australia. And then the next one, super, super cool. All the way out in, in Dubai, Shout out to everyone in Dubai listening to my show. That's super cool. And honorable mention, number 18 on my list, all the way in Switzerland, Zurich. Shout out to everyone in Switzerland. So cool. All right. Let's get this thing going. Today, we are going over the topic of breathing because... It's usually one of the first things I go over with any patient of mine in the clinic with low back pain. And let me tell you why. A lot of times, people with low back pain, when we test their breathing pattern, they are chest breathers. They don't know how to use their diaphragm and they end up using all the musculature around their chest And then when you start breathing through your chest, things start getting super tight that make things a lot worse. So if you think about every muscle that attaches to your rib cage, that is now going to be overused, really hypertonic, meaning tight, tight uh, in air quotes. And that compresses a lot of stuff up there if you think about it. So here's an example. If you've been following my Facebook and Instagram uh, posts, we have the pec minor that attaches to the rib cage. And when that thing gets tight, it rounds your shoulders forward. It starts pulling stuff forward into that hunch posture that we're already in sitting at our desks and phones constantly. And now we're breathing through our chest because everything is tight from that. And then you have things like in your neck called the scalenes, your traps and everything that surrounds your upper ribs that you've been using to breathe rather than your diaphragm. And then you wonder why people have neck pain, migraines, things like that. So that's one end of the spectrum with this whole breathing thing. Now, people with this kind of like chest-like breathing pattern tend to be people that sit all the time or are high-stressed individuals. So if you've ever seen someone have a panic attack or someone who is a super-stressed individual and they're always kind of redlining during the day, 100%, you most likely don't see them using their diaphragm to breathe. So on the other end of the spectrum, when people are sitting, you kind of bunch up that um diaphragmic dome as I call it of a muscle that sits in the middle of your thorax, your your torso essentially. And I've never seen someone working at a computer that is relaxed enough to actually focus on their diaphragm. So a lot of times when I test for breathing, I put I get the patient's hand on one one hand on their chest, one hand on their belly, and I'm like, okay, take five deep breaths. And You know, they go through this weird phase of like all chest, no diaphragm, or something going back and forth. It just looks off, feels off. And then I ask them, okay, for the next couple, I only want your bottom hand where your belly is to move. And then they have to like really think about it like they've never used their diaphragm. And for all those who don't know, like your diaphragm is a muscle just like anything else. If you don't use it, it goes into atrophy, meaning it's going to get weaker. It's gonna stop functioning the way it can be, you know. A lot of my listeners know that you know dysfunctional patterns or dysfunctional movement causes injury. So if your diaphragm is a muscle and it has a dysfunctional pattern, it can lead to injury. Right? Putting two two together. Like training in the body is not complicated. It goes follows basic principles. And if you follow those principles, you'll know what happens to someone's body if xy and z don't move or y- utilize in certain situations that's how it works so now this diaphragm that's not that's not moving you're sitting in that posture constantly your hip flexors and specifically your like psoas major where it kind of inserts itself around i think it's like t10 T11 of your vertebrae and that's where you know your diaphragm kind of sits and then there's a lot of like ligaments and tendons and connective tissue that kind of overlap that diaphragm and um, hip flexor so now all that tension is getting super tight in there that's also preventing that diaphragm to go and now that hip flexor from that diaphragmic region going down to your hip is also tight. People that sit and have horrible breathing patterns also have chronic tightness in their hips and now their low back is getting tight. Like, fuck, everything in the body is super connected if you haven't realized already. And now, let's throw in the mix of everyday life. When people are stressed from work, they come home, they're stressed with their families, their kids, they're picking shit up off the floor, and then they go and do something like unload the dishwasher with forward flexion of their spine because their hips are so fucking tight that they don't know how to hinge and they haven't exercised since college and then they go reach down for a fork and now they have this sharp shooting pain running through their spine and they're on the floor and they can barely breathe because their spine is buckled on them and they're at this position where like where did I go wrong this person this situation is what we see in the clinic so so much And the first thing we do is start with the basics, breathing. It's all connected. If you think about it, we start with the breath and we end with the breath for every single exercise and in life. It's definitely important. When I was taking one of my coaches through a mentorship program, I asked her, think of the most difficult ab exercise you can think of. And she told me what she thought. And I was like, great. Now, if you had to regress it, what would it be? And then she came up with her idea. I'm like, okay, from that exercise, where would you regress it? From that exercise, where would you regress it? And I kept going down, 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 and down. She got to a point she didn't know what the most basic core exercise is. I'm like, it's breathing. Teach someone how to breathe with their diaphragm. That is the start of learning core control. If you don't know how to breathe, you won't be able to create spinal stability, and then when you go lift a barbell off the ground, your discs don't explode. If you look at the best powerlifters in the world, it, they almost look like they have these giant guts, but they're shredded to bits. They have a lot of muscle mass on them. They've trained their diaphragm so much to add spinal stability that when they go deadlift 600 to 1,000 pounds off the ground, their discs don't shoot through their low backs onto the gym floor. So that is kind of like the extreme example of how strong a diaphragm can be. And then if you look at the most simplest form from the rehab standpoint, it adds a lot of value. A lot of times... When I get people breathing in the clinic, they're like, holy crap, my back feels better. And there's certain different positions where you can test your breathing to challenge it. And the first thing I do is, you know, actually today, funny enough, I put a video up in the sphinx position. So if you think if you're lying on your belly, you go onto your elbows and forearms like the sphinx, and then you focus on breathing your lower belly into the ground to elevate you. And that kind of feedback gives you enough information of where your diaphragmic breath should go and this is one like putting your spine into extension not a lot of people out there especially the general population don't put their spine into extension enough and this will relieve a lot of pressures pressure on the discs that have been irritated from so much repetitive forward flexion aka. Picking that fork out of the uh, dishwasher with a rounded back and not in a hinged position. And then putting yourself into like a child's pose where those hips are in such a high amount of hip flexion that it forces you to breathe through that belly. And then I'll get people on lying on their side and trying to breathe into the one hand on top of their side to get one you know, side train compared to the other and then flip them over to the other side and do the same thing. And sometimes you'll find that one side can expand really, really well and the other side can't. And now we got another dysfunction in asymmetry in breathing. There can be asymmetries in your diaphragm, no doubt about it. So this is a way to kind of train it. And when I introduce breathing to clients, I just put it in a warm-up, you know, like They don't think anything of it. It's the first exercise they do, and they're like, oh, this actually feels better. It's therapeutic. You know, I tell patients all the time, the best time to do this is those nights where you're restless and you can't fall asleep because everyone's fucking stressed out of their minds, and when they go to bed, they try to sleep, and they're tossing and turning, and they end up just going on their phone. I'm like, lie on your bed, one one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest, 20 deep breaths your nervous system will actually shut down a little bit to relax, and you'll end up falling asleep. Who would have thought? Breathing is so, so important. If you look at, you know, People at Cirque du Soleil or even the Olympics where they do the Olympic rings. And if the guys or gals are not wearing a shirt, gals wearing sports bras, look at their diaphragm. It's going crazy. It's expanding like crazy to add stability through their spine to be able to hold those positions. It is crucial. The people that don't know how to control their diaphragm and they're going into workouts that are under heavy load, they're pushing sleds, they're doing stupid kipping pull-ups, or any other gym fuckery as I call it, they're a ticking time bomb before their spine says no more because you're not giving me stability. It all starts with the breath. If you look at toddlers without a shirt on, they almost look like they have pot bellies because they've, have a well-developed diaphragm breathing and i don't know at what age do we stop breathing our diaphragm because eventually we don't have those pot bellies anymore if you want to add spinal stability lower your freaking stress levels and then have a better performance in the gym while doing deadlifts, squats, or any other exercise under heavy load, learning how to utilize your diaphragm is huge. And then I haven't even touched on the pelvic floor because that's another layer to creating a enough in intra-abdominal pressure to keep your spine safe. So I'm going to stop it there because I can keep going for like an hour on this topic. But the most simplest thing you can do to improve recovery and also performance in the gym and lifting heavy shit around the house is learning how to utilize your diaphragm to protect your spine and to create enough core activation to move freely in a weighted position, in an athletic position, and like I said, to learn how to regulate that nervous system that's always redlining because of the world we live in today. Got any questions? Let me know. You guys have been awesome. I apologize again for my book not being out as promised, but hit the show notes. There's a link in there that literally says all in, all in caps, Ironclad Body Training System, Ebook presale pre-sale list. Boom, you click the link, put your name and email down, and you will get an email the moment it's released. So honestly, it would be kind of cool. For all the pre-sale people that I already have on my list and any of you listening right now that want to get on there, you will get an email before everyone else. Still, I'm still going to give that promise to you with a discount. It's going to be amazing. Even if you get one or two things out of this book, I will be happy. I actually leave my personal email at the end of the book to help you through anything else you need. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, it's in there. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting this show. You guys mean so much to me. I love you guys. Have a, an amazing Sunday evening or wherever time zone you're in. Just have an awesome day. You guys rock. Crush this week. You guys are fucking awesome.